0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Auburn's receivers are bigger. What does that mean for 2023?
0: Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Yes, welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate. We are joined by Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. And look, I, I think you nailed it with your newsletter that you sent out from the Auburn Observer earlier in the week. Auburn getting bigger in the passing game. Now, can they get better? Because I think the biggest takeaway from a lot of people in this, uh, the, the pictures that have come out and obviously the media that was able to watch the open uh, the open viewing period was like, oh my gosh, Dick Martner is a giant. Like, he is a big, big boy. <laughs> we'll see if he can kind of turn it into, you know, more production in the passing game. But a lot of big options. And you documented that well in your uh, newsletter earlier this week. Yeah, that was the first thing that jumped out to me
2: when I was out there at practice on Monday. It was just, you know, not only the size of the guys out there, but where they were, you know, Nick Martner and Rivaldo Fairweather, the two new transfers, really out there with the first team guys. Uh, Additionally, Camden Brown, a guy who I think everybody on the planet uh, that was watching Auburn football was probably clamoring to see more of last season. And you didn't see him, but Hugh Freeze, and I asked him about this on Monday, Hugh Freeze has a track record of using bigger guys out wide. He believes in it um, because, you know, according to him, You got to have a good catch radius. You're not going to get wide open on every play in the SEC. And if you go look, PFF had had a thing of the top 10 receivers in the SEC this past year, the ones that got, I think, 700 yards. Of those top 10, or I think it was six of the top eight, I think it was the the right thing. Six of the top eight, um, all those guys had like a good number of contested catches last season. Auburn didn't have very many of them last year. He had a few from. Uh, john samushanker he had a few from from coy moore what separates you usually unless you're a guy like jalen hyatt who ran wide open all season for tennessee right. or a guy like uh lab mcconkey who got really open for georgia all last you need to be if you're going to be one of the better receivers in the sec you're going to be a, have to be a guy who makes plays when it's tough and the size is going to be a huge part of it i mean everybody everybody knows Javarius johnson and coy moore these are two productive receivers that Auburn is bringing back those are great and you can definitely use them right but this this team is lacking in terms of big guys on the outside or at tight end who have productive you know who can be productive for this team so now you're seeing Martiner Fairweather and Brown with those first guys uh, in practice on on Monday. Landon King, you know, there's other guys that they're going to be continuing to rotate in there, and like they need that desperately because really for the last couple of seasons, your best receivers for Auburn for the most part have been kind of smaller guys, yeah, and it's just hard to have a complete passing game that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looked like the starters that that I saw from left to right. This is, I guess, if Auburn was in a four wide receiver set, mm. which I don't think we're going to see a whole lot, but uh, maybe we will. Camden Brown the far left and then uh Javaris Johnson at left slot, Coy Moore at the right slot and then Nick Martyr at the far right wide receiver. That that surprised me a yeah, little and,
2: bit. And then you have Rivaldo Fairweather kind of floating around as a tight end. I'm right. so kind of split out wide. I mean, they they got it and there was a lot of um packages they were working through. One of the things when we were there on Monday, you see in Philip Montgomery, you know, standing there like in front of the front of the quarterback and to, and looking at the receivers and saying, "All right, Here's the, here's the personnel package we're running. Here's what we're doing. And so you can see the kind of moving around. We saw some stack sets. We saw some bunch sets. We saw, mm-hmm. you know, tight end split out wide. We saw, you know, guys moving around in trips and stuff like that. So it's it's going to be that kind of – you need that variety, but you also need size in that variety um, because as good as Javarius Johnson can be at getting open deep downfield, as good as he is a route runner, as good as Coy Moore can be, um, you need guys that, you know, from time to time – you're going to get a one-on-one ball up there, and you need somebody who's got the length to go up and get it. Um, and naturally your bigger guys, your more physical guys are going to be the ones to do that. So you see more opportunities for Brown. You see Marner getting involved really early. You see Fairweather getting involved real early. And then you you still see a lot of the other tight ends trying to take that step forward. You know, Landon King's gonna be a wide receiver in this offense. Um, can he continue to kind of take, take steps and strides? Because I think he's he's much like Martiner and Brown in that he can be a difference maker for you because of his size uh, out wide. And Auburn just hasn't had that. I mean, uh, Seth Williams was the last receiver for Auburn to have a really good season catching contested balls. And mm-hmm. so they have been desperately looking forward to that next guy. And I think with this coaching staff and this roster, you can kind of put it together. You can kind of have that union uh, between your uh, – your, your, your passing game, um, you know, having the weapons are down the middle of the field, but also being able to win those one-on-one opportunities on the outside.
1: Right. So there's been a lot of talk and a lot of excitement about Nick Mardner. He looks mm-hmm. the part, right? It's huge. But he's just kind of been okay at every stop that he's been, or he's been fine. Right. And like with, with Cincinnati, it's like he, he wasn't this elite wide receiver, what are realistic expectations for what Auburn needs him to do? Because they don't need him to be a 1,000-yard receiver. No. But can he be a 500-yard receiver in this offense?
2: Yeah, his his season at Hawaii with Marcus Davis, I think he was at 700 or something like that, yeah. about five or six touchdowns, which, I mean, heck, you get that kind of production at Auburn. You're one of the best receivers of the last decade here. Wild. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can be – can you be a guy that I think – like the best-case scenario, I think, for Nick Martiner. Is that he is a very productive top four receiver for you this year, top four, top five, at wide receiver. So that with what you bring back in Javarius Johnson and Coy Moore, and potentially with with Camden Brown uh, taking that next step, you can have an offense. Um, you know that isn't necessarily you know one guy's going to go out and go wild. You would love that if you have that that ability. Yeah. But for martyr, can you be one of those guys that when Auburn take you know drops back a pass and they're running four dudes out in the pattern? You can trust that all four of those guys can get make you make you a play. Like not not one of those things where it's like, well, the ball is definitely going to be going to this guy or the ball is definitely going to, be going to this side of the field. They need to have a balanced, spread out attack because that is what Philip Montgomery's offenses have been built on in the past. Um, You know, isolating things, getting getting favorable matchups and winning those matchups downfield. Like that's what they want to do. They want to stretch it vertically and horizontally. Nick Marner can definitely be one of those parts because if you are. Spreading them out, a six-six guy may get you know drawn up against a six-one or six-foot corner, maybe even shorter. You got to throw that ball up there and and and, and yeah. have the confidence that he can go get it.
1: Ferg, there were a few things that we saw on Monday, specifically with the offensive line, mm-hmm. that surprised both of us. Let's touch on that in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn today's show, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Ferg, right now, the line for Auburn to win the NCAA championship. It is 10000 Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not throw a couple down on the Tigers to go on an absolutely ridiculous run? We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, be sure to check out fanduel.com slash locked on to take advantage of their no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA
0: that's kabotaorangedays.com
1: Tate Johnson at guard. Did you see that coming? Because I did not. Nope. Tate Johnson at guard. Uh, you said Jaleel Irvin at
2: guard as well. Um, it really interesting because these guys have had their careers pretty much at center for Auburn. Yeah. But I think that communicates a couple of things. I think number one, you know – for the most part, I mean, I'd be 99% sure that Avery Jones is going to be your starting center this year.
1: He looks incredible. For- yeah,
2: he's a, he, I mean, those guys, those transfers that they brought in, I think, mm-hmm. are, you know, they're going to, they're going to play the, play the part. The interesting thing will come with tackles, but, you know, we can talk about that in a second, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, the guard spot, like, who do you have? Because you do have Jeremiah Wright, you do have Cam Stutz, and it's like, what is that next, you know, what does that depth look like? What does that next wave look like? Because. Um, you got to develop it. So if Tate Johnson, I mean, obviously Tate Johnson last season thrown into a really tough spot when Nick Broms had to retire. Sure, and, um, you know he he had a hard time at center. I mean, just just statistically, the whole team struggled. But you know he had a hard time. Goes down with an injury. Maybe a move to guard could be the thing to kind of you know find find a way to maybe. Reset his career, uh, some here. So I think that's an Did, interesting
1: thing. Does, does moving into guard kind of hint like hmm, maybe they see something in him because he's not yeah. going to see the field at center? Maybe they, maybe, maybe he can do something at guard. I, that's kind of the way I saw it. Like maybe they like Tate Johnson here.
2: Yeah. It, you, you, you have some experience as a starter. Um, yeah. and your guard spots, like, yeah, you, Cam Stutz has started some, Jeremiah Wright has started some, but you want competition everywhere. In, in spring ball. They're not going to be focusing on like, you know cutting down the reps or getting everybody sure. kind of this is about hey let's see what we got and give everybody a shot and then we'll figure those things out in the fall but i do think like yeah Tate johnson does make sense as a guy that you can move to guard and say hey can you compete could you potentially be a guy maybe this is a better fit for you maybe this scheme is going to be better for you in this yeah. sense so uh, him and then obviously juliel Irvin, another thing like just to have a dude who has played before and be that experience just that guard cam studs same thing um it's gonna be interesting to see what those what those guard spots do, and then you have, if I remember correctly, it was uh, it was Connor Lou was the was at center uh, behind right. Avery Jones. It's like, all right, you're getting Avery Jones for a year. I think I don't know if he can come back for another one. Um, I don't think I think this is his. COVID I think uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that you're right, Connor Lou. All right, one of your highly touted guys. I mean, a lot of the recruiting folks were really really high on Connor Lou when he came into Auburn. It's like you this is your chance to kind of develop a, a dude that hopefully you know we'll, we'll see I'm sure I mean it's just one practice and you can move guys around as time mm-hmm. goes on but I think Auburn's best case scenario is that you have a year of Avery Jones you succeed with a year of Avery Jones and you can turn over to Connor Liu and say hey can you be our guy for multiple seasons as a center and so that by the time he is an upperclassman you've got this You've got this really just locked down position. And you think about some of the great teams and the great offenses that Auburn has had over the last couple of decades, that center spot has been really, really important. And it's usually a guy sure. who's played a lot of football by the time they're you know, they get to be very, very successful. So it's a good plan. It's a good, it's a good uh good timeline if, if Auburn can stick to it.
1: It is. And like Connor Lou was generating, you know, before before Avery Jones committed via the portal, there, yeah. I mean there was talk of like, can Connor Lou start? I mean, I I don't think it was plan A, but I I think that that was definitely a discussion that was being had in certain Auburn circles. So the fact now that he gets to sit for a year, maybe redshirt, we'll see how that works um, and and come in and be a favorite to start as a redshirt freshman or a true sophomore. Like, I think that's awesome because a lot of really, really top-notch schools wanted this kid. He wasn't Mm -hmm. rated super high, but like centers typically aren't, interior linemen typically aren't, and, and I think you can hit the ground running as a, you know, as one of the, the guys next year, which is, yeah. which is great.
2: Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where you look at LSU last season, they ended up starting several true freshmen on their offensive line because they had to Auburn yeah. is in a very, you know, good position. As I wrote about earlier, earlier this winter, like they, no one has ever signed this many FBS transfers that were four star rated in the portal era. And so Auburn, went above and beyond what they got into the portal so that they have that flexibility now. But yeah, I mean, Lou was a guy that people were talking about that, you know, could at least play right away, if not start right away on the offensive line, which is difficult. And then, you know, the tackle position with Wade and Britain, like that makes a ton of sense. Wade obviously with the experience of playing in Philip Montgomery system, Britain, a guy who was really, really good in a pass heavy offense last season at, at Western Kentucky and then I'm looking at Isaiah Miller, too, just to see what it looks like. Because, I mean, obviously, big dude, too tall. Yeah. I mean, he goes out there and 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 really is, is impressive. You know, you need to have a guy and multiple guys at tackle who can step up and be ready for you if something happens to your starters. But I also wonder, with Isaiah Miller, just thinking out loud, is he a guy that you could potentially say, hey, you know, you're not one of our top two tackles, but you might be one of our top five linemen. I think he might could have some. I, I'm going to keep an eye. I'm going to keep an eye on him too. Not just to, not to say Auburn doesn't like who they've got at guard. We just talked about you know having Tate Johnson there and they're being competitive. But like I'm looking at Xavier Miller. If those FBS transfers, those rentals, lock it in like we think they are, uh, is Miller a guy who obviously was loved by the staff? Is he a guy that could be uh, could be on the move as well? Um, because right. I just think there's. It was early. You want to get his foundation set. I do think throughout the spring, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some mixing and matching going on.
1: Yeah, I think I think we will. I think we will. And just to put a bow on the center top, Court Bradley, the third center that we saw this past Monday. Take that for what you will. Yeah, the tackles. I was surprised that Dill all, all offseason I'm projecting Wade as the right tackle and Gunnar Britain as the left tackle just because Gunnar Britain's so good at pass protection mm-hmm. and like you put him on the left side, but that's not what we saw on Monday.
2: Yeah. Wade, it was the left tackle at Tulsa. Right. Um, so I think keeping him there, obviously he knows the the system with, with Philip Montgomery and Britain was a guy who moved around more at Western Kentucky. So I think that's it. It's a, look, it's this day and age in football. I mean, you know, as, as, as much as anybody does, but like this day and age in football, you take out of the shotgun, you need both your tackles. I mean, the, the right. whole thought of the blind side is s- smart and like, that's usually where your best guy is, but also like, if you're taking shotgun snaps and you're th- trying to throw the ball as much as as a lot of these modern offenses do, your right tackle has got to be just as good as your uh, as your left tackle at pr- pass pro. So, I do think Auburn's got a couple of really good weapons there. I do think yeah, familiarity I think with Wade being on that left side in this system is kind of what uh what they wanted to lean on there.
1: It makes sense. But yeah, just talking to folks that were that were there for for the whole practice for not just the 20 minutes we got to see. I mean, it just sounds like the offensive line elevated to a level and played at a level in practice that several guys that have been at Auburn for the past few years were like, yeah, we've never seen this in practice before. Like that level of competency across the offensive front five. And that's just something Auburn fans have been wanting to hear for the better part of a decade. Absolutely. I mean, you got to go all the way back to really
2: the 17 the season, maybe some of the yeah. 19 when when you felt really good about Auburn's offensive line. I think seventeen was probably the last one, and yeah, I mean that group. Think about that group that they had. You had dudes who had played before at Auburn, mm-hmm. and some really good players, obviously at, at that point. But you you also got some transfers and some dudes who were hungry. Uh, I think about you know the uh, Casey Dunn. Uh, you had um, uh, uh, you know, Avery Young was there as well. I mean, like it, you had a, just a, a number of guys. Um, I'm man, I am blanking on the big dude from Texas. Why Rated. am I blanking? Uh, well, no, no, no. Uh, Texas, the Texas transfer. Um, I'm gonna get it at some point. Darius James, like you had, you had, oh yeah, yeah, you was like so solid, right? Right. You had these transfers who came in and helped raise your level with guys who had already been here, and right, and you know, and I and I think if Auburn can build that over the next couple of seasons, um, you know, that's exactly what you want because that's the last time you had had a really good offensive line. Uh, and yes, apologies to Darius James, he was really good. Man, he was a five star coming out of high school. Uh, and then uh, yeah. Auburn picked him off at, out of Texas. Obviously, Austin Golson and Casey Dunn, and, and you had some other guys, other guys as well. You got to build that again with that comp, especially now in the portal era. You can do it a little bit more uh, probably frequently with transfer guys, but build it up. I mean, it's like recruiting in general for Auburn. It's great to have the start that they had, right? Hugh Freeze and his staff have been excellent right off the bat and exactly what you wanted, but this is going to be a multiple-year process. All the damage that was done over the last four or five years, it's not going to be fixed with just one. Uh, But it is a great start, and I think you're seeing some of the benefits of that early on on the offense a lot.
1: There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. All right, what are some changes we could expect to see during Monday's viewing window? Let's discuss and speculate that in just a second right here on Locked on Auburn. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, and you've got to try Built Bar, you used to just have to order these things online at Built.com, but now you can go to Walmart or your Sam's Club and check out all kinds of different boxes of bars that are available there. Of course, you can still go to Built.com and check out all this stuff, but yeah, highly recommend the Built Puffs. They are delicious. So head over to Sam's Club or Walmart or Built.com today. All right, Ferg. What are some changes you would anticipate potentially seeing as far as the pecking order? And, and I know Coach Freeze said that they're they're not worried about the depth chart or anything like that, but it's fine. People still have to go in a certain order, right? Like you still got to line up guys mm-hmm. first. Any potential changes? I think we talked about a few on the offensive line that we may see. You know, maybe you move one of the backup tackles inside. Maybe you flip the the transfer tackles just to see what it looks like. Maybe you do a few things there. What are some other potential changes we may see? And not even necessarily Monday, but, you know, just throughout spring.
2: i like to see the, the on defense, just the interchangeability of, of some of those position groups. I looked at, you know, the tackles and ends and noses on that defensive line room. I and mean, there's a lot of big dudes and there's a lot of bigger dudes. Like you can, you can tell who your noses are but those tackles and ends and like who works with who and what combos they use up front is going to be, they're going to be very interesting to see, you know, I like obviously Jeffrey Embaugh and, and, and Marcus Harris uh, together, but like what else you get in some of the new guys coming in and where, where do they all kind of fit together when you try to find that, the, those, those front threes that you want to lean on Uh linebacker combos. I mean, I, I would, I didn't spend a ton of time at linebacker, um, yeah. but I do know, like I had like a, Oh, this guy was with this guy. And this guy was with this guy. And then I had somebody ask me, in the in the comments are like oh well I read something from someone else who had you know this guy with this guy and I was like yeah because we probably were watching things at the same time or, or, or at different times and so sure. you can kind of have that interchangeability and I'm very interested we talked to uh Zach Etheridge on um on Tuesday I'm very interested in the star position uh in Ron Roberts's defense um you know in terms of like and it's a nickel and it's you want to have You want to be able to do some of everything, like every fifth defensive back in a system. But in Ron Ron Roberts' system in the past, those stars usually have been some of their more productive guys for tackles for loss. They've bled some more. They're really good in run support. Um, Who's going to be the guy there is going to be interesting. They're looking at Keontae Scott. They're looking at Donovan Kaufman. Uh, Also looking at, uh, I believe, Caleb Wooden's also getting some reps there. I do think those safeties and nickels, I think they want that interchangeability so that, you know, at any given time they can be able to kind of run, run somebody downhill and, and make those plays or kick them to the inside uh, for coverage options. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and then, you know, uh, corners um, don't have a ton of them right now in, in, in the scholarship room, uh, in the scholarship side. Uh, right. But that's, I think that's just going to be huge for JD, Rem, and Kay and Lee this, this, uh, this spring. I mean, to be, D- by default, the second guys behind Nehemiah Pritchett and, and DJ James, I think is going to be going to be big for them. And I just want to continue to see how those guys develop.
1: Yeah. I think that's just more proof of like Auburn's totally fine in that room moving forward. Like, And uh, they're bringing in like seven dudes in the summer.
2: Uh, and, and most of those guys are probably projected out to be corners. So they'll be fine.
1: Yeah, they're gonna be okay. Yeah, the the hood guy that was committed to Michigan State, like mm-hmm. you know, I, I think Colton hood, tri- yeah, Colton, yeah, I, I think he could contribute early. So yeah, you got oh, J, you got J C Hart, you got
2: like a number of guys like you know are gonna be corners that are gonna be coming in. Um, is J C yeah. Hart
1: a corner? I mean, I'm hearing like things all over the place about like what J C Hart is. I mean, now. that's what he played in high school. I mean, but he is a big, he's a big corner for sure. Um, I like him and, more at corner than receiver. I know there's a lot of talk about him playing receiver, but like I really like him at corner.
2: So. He's he's a, he's a really good uh, he's a really good cornerback, um, and just uh, the size and the speed. And then again, I mean, I will I will pound the bat for uh for for JC Hart all the time because a couple of things. I mean, one, he's a local kid. Sure, dude wanted. I mean, this is his dream school. He's a great athlete. He's a fantastic athlete, and I know he's coming from one A football in Alabama. But yeah, there's just something about those dudes, those especially those those small school in state guys at defensive back. And I mean, this this kid's gonna work hard. He's gonna work extremely hard for this opportunity. And so
1: keep an it eye. It's will be in I the love, fall, but JC Hart. I love long, big corners that just beat the crap out of you. Yeah. And JC Hart can do it. Yeah. Not saying it's, he can do it day one, but he'll be it, able to do it. it.
2: It's a step up, and it's a step up in difficulty level for sure. Going from one A football to the SEC, everybody knows that. But it's a big step for everybody coming from high school. I yeah. uh, just Auburn's track record with these in state kids, but a hyper local kid. Who wanted nothing more than to
1: play football at Auburn? Uh, I think that's good. I think that's going to carry him a long way. I'm with you, man. How can people check out everything going on at the Auburn Observer?
2: Well, I say it a lot. It's the perfect time to sign up for the Observer. I I really mean it this time. Like this is this is not me blowing smoke. Uh, We've got spring football going on right now. We've got the end of the regular season and the postseason coming up in basketball. Um, So, I mean, we're putting out stuff pretty much every day of the week. Sometimes multiple things every day of the week. So, a lot of football, a lot of basketball analysis. And if you want to be a new subscriber for a year, it's $40 for the year. We're doing, instead of steal. 60, we're doing 40. That's going to run all the way through eight-day weekend. So, you, you've got time. We're just, you know, if you sign up right now at $40, $40 will get you all of spring football, all of basketball's postseason, all of the summer. All of football season next year and pretty much all of, of basketball season next year. All you got to do is pay. You're in. We email everything to you. AuburnObserver.com. It's a ton of stuff coming out right now. Uh, and, yeah, big big weekend, obviously, coming up in basketball. I'll be in Nashville next week for the SECs. And then we'll see where this, this Tiger team goes, goes in the postseason. Right. We'll be doing that and football at the same time. It's a busy time, but
1: it's the best time of year. Sign up. It's fun. No joke about it. I pay full price. So, you know, I think (laughs) you should do it. You should do it. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.
0: The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts